This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Friday. How are you today? Matt Patrick here. Hey, Patrick, how are you? Doing well. If you uh, are not watching the live stream, we're getting the rave party going oh, in the yes. studio. Yeah, hold on a second here. Well, I got a flasher. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, if you're not watching the stream. There it oh, is. Uh, it's dun, 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 dun. Dancing now on the stage, it's Princess. Uh, um, I, I, we do have this. We have fluorescent lights, so we have the same problem that everyone has with fluorescent lights. They can be annoying, and it was flashing there for a second. Or is this the ghost? Is this the, excuse me, g-g-g-ghost that we supposedly have here in the studio? Uh, I mean, could just be a, you know, a light issue. Well, I hope at 3 o'clock in the afternoon he's out at Noodles and Company oh, or something. <laughs> Why would you subject a ghost to that? I mean, seriously. I mean, there's Arby's, right? Uh, wow. Wow. I didn't need to do that. I am, I'm a little chippy right now because uh, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I had to get all the leaves up. So I went back, and once again, I looked at leaf. First time I had to rake leaves from 2000 to 2010 and it was easy to do because we had pictures of the kids in the leaf piles and stuff like this for the most part the first time i had to rake leaves was sometime between october 8th and october 12th this year it's november 3rd and for the first time i got some leaf piles going on today but i am exhausted because it's it's the first time i used a leaf blower and it's the first time I used it, and with the, since I got the the C three PO edition in the back there, and yeah, it kind of vibrates, man. I'm like my own vibrating bed. Who, 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 who wants to relax? Uh, it, it's uh, kind of. I took a little. I took some Tylenol before I came in here, so I might just nap. Is it right if I just nap the entire show? Oh, then you'd have to subject the listeners to Brett and I. No, we'll be good. We'll be good. Uh, nine, five, two. There actually was something that happened that has given me um, a, a, you know, a, a very positive feel. And this was a story that I, I saw come on out here. Now, if you've heard, of course, there was, there's more than a few cases where there were there were people put out a bowl for take one for Halloween for trick or treating last Tuesday night, right? And we actually I actually posted a video of just a horrible family that basically ransacked it and clearly you know was grabbing as much you know emptying the bowl and you know just you know horribly raised kids horribly raised and and frankly I, some people say well the the those don't look like adults they look like adults they look like eighteen nineteen twenty years old 
and they've been horribly raised. They've taught their their younger siblings or nephews, nieces, whatever the case may be, to basically steal. It's just, yeah, bad, bad, bad. Not very good. And because it was, you know, doorbell cameras, you see this. Well, you know, and, and that is, it's predictable. It's predictable. It's like leaving a car running in front of the, the gas station on University and, and Snelling and being shocked. Shocked, I say, that my car was stolen. Really? Really? <laughs> it's predictable. <laughs> we can see what's going to happen. can see that cab coming down the street with his doors wide open. But I have, I have some faith. I have some positivity. I have some goodness here. A Champlin neighborhood was the place of contrast on Halloween night with a thief's selfishness, followed by the selflessness of a group of neighborhood kids. A few doors away from Melissa Barron's home, a man was taking the entire bowl full of candy left outside a resident's home with the culprit still unidentified despite being spotted on uh, doorbell cameras. Yeah, I got news for you. You're not going to pull that one off without everyone knowing who you are. And yet, let's face it, you're a bad person. You know, seriously, it's you're, you're it's Halloween. You're going to have you. All it takes is you walking, and you are going to have enough free candy. Seriously, I mean, yeah, I got to take it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it tells me a lot about you as a person. So once again, Halloween destroyed for young kids because some grown adult here who should know better decides to, I want all the Kit Kats. But Barron's home, her doorbell cam captured a much more wholesome scene. A group of kids saw a bull running low outside the Barron's home and decided to fill it with candy from their own bags. Oh, actually, I got to tell the truth. I started tearing up a second when I was like, you got to be kidding me. The kids can be overheard in the video saying, put some candy in and then explaining to parents waiting in the street. We're putting candy in here for other people. These kids are amazing, Barron said in a Facebook post. Barron's noticed when she came home that the bull had different treats than what she originally placed out. I imagine that's what got you first running for the doorbell camera footage. Uh, she was then amazed when she saw the ring camera there. Barron's rewarded the kids with a $300 for a toy shopping spree. You want to, it gets better. It gets better. The toys will be donated to hospitalized kids on Christmas. What great kids. Holy cow. Parents who of, of these children, I give you a round of applause. You are raising good kids. Outside of, you know, Johnny takes the whole bowl there. Um, it was interesting. Today, I, I saw a friend of mine, one of those casual acquaintances you have at the gym. And she came on in and she was like, oh, I was running late this morning. So I missed my two classes I like to do. And I can't get in there and, and, and do this. And now I'm stuck here. And I was going to work out. But then my son likes to come to the, to the Y after school. So maybe I should do this or maybe I should take him to the library. And I said, I'm going to say, I'm going to stop you right there. The fact that your kid, you you know, this is you're looking to take your kids out and do something, and you're taking them either to the Y or taking them to the library. You're doing a good job. <laughs> you're doing a good job at being a parent. Now, there's a lot of ways to raise parents. I'm not going to say there's one way or the other way. There's a lot of ways you can raise 
great kids. There really are. I mean, I have actually been surprised at, you know, that, that, that people who do things that I would have never done with my kids, but do them and their kids turn out great to go great in college, end up getting great jobs. There's a lot of ways to raise a kid. There's no one way to do it. But if I can tell you right now, if you're, if you're, you're spending time with your kids at, at the, at the gym or at, at, at uh, the library, you're doing a lot of things, right? You are doing a lot of things right. So that kind of, you know, in the, I thought about this. I said, you know, this, these are parents up in Champlain. These are parents who have raised their kids right. And, and the fact that these kids themselves did this. Think about the contrast there. Grown adult stealing the entire bowl of candy because loser. By the way, that was no one here at the station, was it? I mean, it, no one was, no one before I dog on anyone here at the station. That was, no, okay, good. You guys wouldn't do that. Plus the fact that you guys get the free candy for me. Have you guys eaten all the free leftover candy I had since I brought it back? Did you guys eat it all? Uh, there is one York peppermint patty left, but that's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I loaded that bag of candy up and brought it over here, I said, last thing that's going out of this thing is that York peppermint patty. <laughs> <laughs> Correct again. (laughs) I didn't bring you milk duds, although I had some kids like, what are you giving me? Uh, You you got the milk. You didn't get the milk duds, but you got that. So enjoy there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So we have things to talk about because Tuesday is election day. Now, you know my usual spiel. You know my usual, you know all that. I am one of these people who basically very particularly insists that you go vote. I, I served in the military. I mean, I, you, you, I'm flattered that people th- say thank you for your service. I am truly honored. I, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Always nice. But if I could ask one thing, please vote. This is the this is the great right we have. And we we learned our lesson. I'm already starting to see... A lot of people targeting the left particularly with this, no candidate's good. I'm not voting. It's like, dear God, 2016 should have told us we cannot sit out elections. And so, yeah, one of the candidates you only agree with 65, 70% of the time. It sure as heck's going to be a lot better than the guy you personally agree with 12% of the time or 4% of the time. This isn't rocket science. And I have talked ad nauseum over the last year about how the Republicans have to convince you that even though that Donald Trump is an actual crap sandwich, he is an actual horrible crap sandwich, that somehow Joe Biden is just as bad. And Joe Biden on his worst day is probably an Arby's beef and cheddar. I've said this. I've made this comment before. He's not an actual crap sandwich that is trump but they 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 successfully convince people that those are two the same things one of those is an arby's beef and cheddar the other one is unedible yet republicans can't seem to get enough servings of that and they're all going to vote and this is the one thing that we should have learned every republican will vote period this election next year's election Get off your damn high horse. I Don't get me wrong. There are things that make me mad, too. 
I said this about Walls. I was very upset about line three. I thought line three was a mistake, and that was a betrayal of, of, of promises made in the campaign. At the same time, I can look over at Dr. Bombay over there on the other side and say, there's no way in hell I'm sitting this one out. There's right and then there's wrong. And, you know, it's so you, you, I get it. People get passionate. People have issues and stuff like this. You sit this out. You are basically putting the worst choice in. That's it. That's the whole thing. And this goes, this upcoming election, because we are definitely off your elections this year. What are we looking at? City council races, school boards. That's mostly what you're seeing. Some people don't have anything. Some people have, you know, a a full school board. will have a a full uh, city council might have a referendum or two on their ballot. Educate yourself as to what is on your ballot. The Secretary of State's webpage is always a fantastic source to find out where where you're going to go vote, what your ballot's going to look like, are you registered to vote, all those good things. I got a matter of fact, I need to get Steve on the air, Uh, Secretary of State Steve Simon. Let me see if I can you know, get him in here uh, next Monday, see if he's possibly available. He probably is not. He's, he's an exceptional Secretary of State. So I, I don't know if I'll have ch- time to, to, to chat with him. But you can't sit out any election. And it should be known. I mean, I was reading a story today uh, about in Pennsylvania, Moms for Liberty are literally trying to take over certain school boards in Pennsylvania. Now, if you haven't seen the Nazi-loving Moms for Liberty, that is not the group of people you want to have in charge of your school. I think this is a no-brainer. You have to educate yourself. And the good news is there still are people out there making sure that they're putting out what is what does everyone stand for. League of Women Voters is an outstanding organization that puts out a lot of this information. Your local, if you still have like a Sun Sailor or something like that, they generally will do a a a, a, um, a breakdown of who your uh, your candidates are. So there there is ways you can find out information, and I think that for me, where this became a no brainer, and this is you just have to do it. I mean, not only was my military service important, but I've talked about the story that a few years back. In my kids' school district, my kids are in the Hopkins School District. There, Hopkins is the school district is actually made up of a whole bunch of communities, including parts of Edina. The northwestern part of Edina is in the, in the Hopkins School District. A developer was developing a you know a, a, a neighborhood over there, and wanted to basically peel their neighborhood out of the Hopkins School District and put it into the Edina School District, because they felt as if then, we can get more money for these houses. Now, uh, they tried. They went to the school board. School board's not about to let that go, no. And so that's that's the case, is that they they basically, you know, that, that there was this effort to try to unite Edina 273. And the school board did their due diligence. They looked it over. And they said, no, we're not going to give this up. And in, they kept arguing, well, you don't need us. And we're like, okay, no, that's tax-based. No, we do need you. Plus the fact, and I've talked about this numerous times, United Dina 273. Funny story, they weren't actually about uniting a Dina. The townhomes at 169 Bren Londonderry, the apartment complexes at Lincoln 5th and 169, and then the lower income housing in North, which which is, you know, a Dina lower income. It still is probably $400,000 a house. 
uh, in north of the Interlochen Golf Course. All those areas in Edina could stay part of the Hopkins School District. So it wasn't about uniting Edina 273. It was about, you, you heathen people need to get away. So that did not help them at all. There was a school board race. This was, gosh, maybe, maybe 2010, maybe 2010. I can't remember exactly. Anyway, um, there was a school board race where all of a sudden I got a call from someone. They said, Matt, do you know anything at all about three of these candidates? And I said, no, I have no idea. No, nothing about it. And I hadn't really paid that much attention. So I started doing my due diligence. I started doing my research. Couldn't find a thing about these guys. As a matter of fact, there was questionnaires that were sent out about it, and two of the guys didn't even respond. Uh, one, well, one guy semi-responded. The other guy didn't respond at all. One person seems to have been a relative of the developer was running for the school district. And so they had a phone number on their, their page, and so I called them up. And I called up this woman who was running for school board. And she said, I said, well, you're running for school board. Said, well, I'm a voter in the school district. I, can I ask you a few questions? She said, sure. I said, you know, what do you think about um, at this one elementary school, the, them, them trying to replace the air conditioning units over there? Stunned silence for a few seconds. I'm running for property owner rights. Well, that's fine, but you still need to deal with the, the, in, the, the situation in these individual school districts. I'm running for property owner rights. So do you know any, do you have any stance at all on this? I'm running for property owner rights. Okay. What about the, the busing issue? Uh, I'm running for property owner rights. I said, do you know anything about the district at all? I'm running for property owner rights and I can't talk anymore. Boom, click, hung up. The good news is all three of those candidates, one of the guys withdrew from the race when all of a sudden he started getting, it, 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 it doesn't even sound like he knew he was running, <laughs> frankly. But you don't know who's out there. And frankly, fringe groups are looking to take advantage of off-year elections to hope they can take over these school districts. We've had cases in the state. Well, how about the Anoka Hennepin County School District? Remember a few years back when Anoka Hennepin was out there um, and they had, uh, you know, basically this far right group took over the school board and basically said the rights of the bullies superseded the rights of the kids getting bullied to death. And it was only after, and it was funny because all of a sudden one of the students sued the school district, school district lost, and all of a sudden all these people were running away from the school board. They didn't want to be a part of the school board anymore because they'd created a mess and realized, oh my gosh, we've actually done more. Well, I mean, I think they did what they were going to do. I mean, their argument was the bullies have more rights than the bullied. You need to pay attention. When I come back, I'm going to talk about a story Star Tribune's got right now in regards to school boards and these races, as well as also give you some hints on what to keep an eye out for in regards to uh, when you're looking at a candidate, some kind of warning signs that you need to be be, uh, be advised about. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 
Minnesota suburban school board races are seeing more money than ever before as the culture wars once again dominate campaigns and outside groups lobbying on behalf of candidates in several districts. Campaign finance records for this year's election show that candidates and political action committees in the state's five largest suburban districts had spent more than $336,000 as of Monday. That's 50% more than this time during the 2021 election cycle, which was already far more expensive than others. So, yeah, we're talking, yeah, a lot of money is pouring into these races at this point. Uh, Candidates and activists say the surge in spending is a continuation of the intense debate over social issues and how to raise sagging academic achievement in the wake of the pandemic. While liberal candidates say districts should bolster the diversity and inclusivity efforts, particularly LGBTQ students, their conservative counterparts argue the cuts to these programs. Per-pupil funding has increased dramatically, but less than 50% of students can read and do math at a grade level, said Christine uh, Trujan, executive director of the Minnesota Parents Alliance. It simply matters of priorities. Many of the candidates endorsed by the Minnesota Parents Alliance bristled these school districts' inclusion initiatives. Trujan said the districts would be better to adopt zero-tolerance policies for discrimination rather than spend time and money on equity training for educators. There's a finite number of hours in the school day for academic instruction and a finite amount of dollars for districts' budget, she said. Achievement-focused candidates are advocating for a referendum, re- refocusing teaching time and funding towards initiatives that effectively and e- efficiently close the achievement gap. The campaign rhetoric spurred Education Minnesota, the statewide teachers union, to launch its own get-out-the-vote effort on social media. The amount of money spent already this year by anti-union groups that don't want to share our values is worrying, said Union President Denise Specht. In a statement, our union had to respond because we want to make sure every single student has access to a school that will prepare them for the pursue their dreams and no exceptions. Political action committees set up by organizations such as Minnesota Parents Alliance and Education Minnesota are the biggest spenders in the three of the five largest suburban districts. Minnesota Parents Alliance has spent nearly $49,000 across the Anoka, Hennepin, Rosemont, South Washington County, and Moundsview districts. Another similar organization, the Anoka, Hennepin, Parents Alliance spent more than $30,000 in just that district, with much of it coming from one Andover donor. <laughs> wow. Um, Marianne Nystrom, who founded a chain of behavioral health clinics with her husband, is the largest individual donor to any committee in the state's five largest uh, suburbs. She did not return calls for comment. Once again, it's these these Parents Alliance groups that you got to watch out for. Individual donors may only contribute $600 to a candidate's campaign during an election year or 1,000 if the voting district's population is more than 100,000, according to Minnesota state law. But there's no cap on how much a person can contribute to a political political action committee. Education Minnesota has so far spent nearly $85,000 in the Anoka, Hennepin, South Washington County, and Rosemont District's Education Minnesota spokesperson Chris Williams said the union is attempting to juice turnout on the belief that most voters disagree with the conservative movement to restrict inclusion and equity initiatives. The general strategy, which is true, the general strategy is the higher turnout rates are going to turn out candidates who appeal to a broader base. Trujan is also banking on higher voter turnout working for the Minnesota Parents Alliance favor. Well, just you, you, the voters that agree with you. <laughs> We're just working hard to make sure the adults who are concerned about the dramatic declines in our public education system show up to vote for the achievement-focused leadership who will prioritize closing the achievement gap over Education Minnesota's political agenda, Trujan said. Sure, sure, thanks. Anoka Hennepin County Board Member Aaron Hears McArdle spent just over $9,000 when she won, won her seat in 2019. That was an unheard of son back then. McArdle justified the expense by explaining she was trying to unseat a 20-year incumbent. So far this year, here's McArdle has spent more than 
$8,600. She spent more than $3,400 on digital advertisements and mailers. Her opponent, Linda Linda Hochman, N-I-H-O-E-K-M-A-N, Hochman. I hope I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Has spent uh, $10,529, more than $8,000 on advertising. Hochman wasn't sure how much money she'd need when she announced her run. Navigating the campaign finance system has been a learning experience. Um, this is all new to me. But dollars don't always translate into votes. Money can only get you so far at the end of the day, so here's McArdle. Some districts' election expenses are lower than the last cycle. Those in YZ, the fifth largest suburban district, electing board members on Tuesday uh, through Monday, reports showed just 9834 in campaign expenses in that district, all of which is coming from individual candidate efforts. No political action committees had reported spending in the YZ races. I think that that's because, and once again, I think that you know Education Minnesota is coming out in reaction to this Parents Alliance crew. I think YZ, frankly, I think that these th- this West Metro is starting to get so out of touch for conservatives, that conservative talking points. And it, it's not a surprise. I mean, there's a lot of LGBTQ people that work with people in the West Metro. And, and so this, this, this anti, and by the way, I find it interesting, these groups that are against the LGBTQ population, notice that they're not, they're, they're doing everything in their power to say that we're not going to, you know, not, not say anything about that. They're, just, just, they're, they're trying to kind of hide their agenda. But I think that, you know, what you need to do is educate yourself. And that what they're hoping for is that that people in districts that aren't paying attention, you know, don't show up against them, but do show up for them. So I, I think that, you know, if I may, I, I would say it would be a big red flag if I was looking at my school board candidates and I saw a Parents Alliance group um, that was endorsing a candidate, that would be a huge red flag for me. Um, I'm not here to take sides in the specific races. I will say this, uh, pulling up, you know, certain candidates' webpage, you, you can see certain kind of regular talking points that kind of, you know, make you, um, you know, you know, give you an idea of where they're coming from. Uh, Protect our kids in coordination with law enforcement. Keep schools safe and free from violence. Yeah, by putting armed cops in this, every school. You know, that's, um, so that's, you know, that there's there's a big, right? So this is one of those people that, you know, cops over kids sort of thing. Um, I love the parental rights. Parents should be aware to help determine what their children are learning. Okay, stop right there. Every parent can find out exactly what their kids are learning. This is a lie. I mean, I, and it's amazing to me how blatant it is because I mean, anyone that says teachers have to tell us what's going on is clearly a parent who has not been in a classroom in a long time because at the beginning of the school year, here's the entire curriculum we're going to be covering. Here's all the books we're going to be reading. Here's all the things we're going to be doing. They send out constant emails, reminders. This is what's coming up this week. This is what we did last week. They let you know exactly what's going on in these classrooms. What, what curriculum your kids are going to be in, you know, in, in, you know, taught with. And then on top of it, give you as the parent, the ability to basically remove your child from anything that you don't feel is comfortable. So that's already happening. So when, when a parent, when a person comes out and says, I'm forgiving the parents, the rights, 
It's kind of that sick, twisted, I want every teacher to grovel to the conservative movement, that sort of thing. But it's also a little bit of this, you guys haven't been in a school. So don't don't tell me you're running for a school board if you don't already know that pretty much every school tells you everyone who's going, what's going to happen in the classroom. Keep politics and ideology out of the classroom. That, that's one of my favorites because almost everyone who says that is all for Trump stuff. Trump flags in the classroom, that's just American patriotism. A rainbow flag, you've got a political agenda. So, so if you see keep politics and ideology out of the classroom, that's creating something out of nothing. I feel uncomfortable by a rainbow flag, which, by the way, on a side note, you might want to go talk to a counselor about that. That being said, I feel uncomfortable out of rainbow flag. So to try to give my argument validity, I'm going to scream, you've got a political agenda when someone just trying to show, hey, I accept everyone. So, you know, keep on, you know, these are things. So, like I said, so if you hear them talking about keeping a, a political ideology out of the classroom or, you know, get those cops back in the school or get those teachers under control. Yeah, those are big freaking red flags, okay? You need to pay attention to what's out there. And everyone should be voting. Now, th like I said, there's a lot of places you can find out about these candidates. I've had city council candidates, pretty much all of them have stopped by my my house for my my individual uh my races there. I can tell which ones I agree with. I can tell which ones I don't agree with. I can, you know, all you have to do is tell me your talking points and, oh, okay. And I don't, and trust me, when I'm not doing this show, I don't, my whole gut life is not about getting into political arguments with people. I'm like, okay, thank you very much. And I just, you know, all right, well, that guy I'm not voting for. You need to educate yourself. Because these far-right extremist groups are trying to take over school boards, trying to take over city councils. And if they can, and, and the last time we had far-right groups taking over school boards, we need to remind her that they had so many kids committing suicide because the school board, the conservative school board insisted the bullies had more rights than the kids being bullied to death. And frankly, I don't know about you, but I don't want to return to another day where we have dead kids stacked up like freaking cordwood outside of school buildings. That was disgusting. And so know what you're doing. And by the way, Hastings, can I mention the Hastings guys? I don't know if those clowns that basically were campaigning against young children, you know, using one of the children they wanted to be a school board member for as a villain in their story. But if any of those guys are on the ballot, you better vote those jackasses out of that school board because they're horrible human beings. They're horrible human beings, horrible human beings. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. By the way, one thing you can do if you do have questions, especially if you have a specific question about politics, because all politics is local. And so say you have uh, a specific question about um, about the school board. Um, most of these candidates have a phone number or at least a, a social media page. I highly encourage you to basically reach out to them 
and, you know, and ask them the question. And I mean, if it's a question they don't want to answer, they'll generally give you a pretty big hint that, oh, I'm, you know, you know, it's it's like, well, will you protect the rights of LGBTQ students? Uh, I, I'm for I'm for kids safety. All right. OK, that's not the question I asked. Are you for LGBTQ, you know, preserving the rights of LGBTQ students? Kid safety is always important. <laughs> Bullying is bad. I don't know what you want me to say because I'm not going to say what you want me to say. So, so I mean, I, I you know, call these guys, ask them on point. What what would you do in this scenario? And, and make them answer. And if they don't want to answer, then I think that that tells you everything right there. But educate yourself because once again, this is the the conservatives are out there trying to take over these school boards, and I need to remind you that the the, the horrible consequences, the absolutely horrible consequences of what happened when conservatives took over a school board and went out there and said the bullies have more rights than the kids who are getting bullied, and basically sat and cheered with glee at the skyrocketing suicide rate within that school district. I mean, it was. Disturbing to say the least. 952-946-6205. I there are two things that are core issues for me. And one is food. And I've talked about this before. I mean, I'm I'm, you know, you know, you do or don't do whatever it is you do or don't want to do. I'm a Christian. And there is a lot of direct teachings from Jesus, the man who makes Christians Christian, about a few things like uh, welcoming in strangers from strange lands, you know, you know, getting, you know, taking care of the sick and the needy, feeding the hungry. And I have seen people who are, for lack of a better way to say it, starving in this country. And I've been there when we've given them food and the, the acting like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that I'm actually eating. I mean, I've, I've seen that. It's become a core issue for me because it just it's, it's basic human decency. Same thing with clean water. It's basic human decency. The other issue is the guns. A sane society would look at one of these slaughters, like the one that just happened in Maine last week, and say, holy cow, we can't have this happen. We wouldn't, we wouldn't sit there and say, do you remember those guys from 1780? Well, they want they even though the only kind of weapon they had at that time was a single-shot muzzle-loading rifle— they wanted us to be able to mow down crowds with bullets because that's freedom in their mind. A sane society would not allow this to happen. But I think we need to come to grips with, with the reality. The gun manufacturers and the bullet manufacturers of this country wake up hoping every morning there's another gun slaughter. They do. And yet you say, Matt, how dare you? No, no. They do. They do because they are making so much money right now because the only option people have, especially with a bought and paid for Republican Party, who will vote down any common sense gun regulation they possibly can, 
that basically they 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 know that the only option that people have is to buy more guns. And frankly, they don't care that people are are legally buying guns and using them in massacres. <laughs> Perfectly fine with them. Perfectly fine with them. They, they, for God's sakes, we just had, they were arguing that they want to be able to, a, a person who has been abusive of their spouse, who has repeatedly beaten their, their spouse, their wife, their argument is you can't take the guns away from them unless they've been convicted. Even though they might have been convicted in the past and served time and basically said, I'm going to shoot her if I have my guns, they say they don't care. As long as the person hasn't actually shot them, you need to arm them to the to the to the teeth and allow them to and but then, oh my God, I can't believe that they shot her. That's insanity. That is pure insanity. And that's the legal arguments they're trying to make. That chronic serial abusers should never have their guns taken away unless they've been convicted of the crime. So they could actually open fire on somebody, but until they've been convicted of that crime, even if they have murdered 20 people with a gun, they feel as if that person should have all their guns back until they've been convicted. Yeah, insanity. Absolute insanity. There was a brief glimmer of hope that Republicans might come to their senses a little bit with guns in regards to what happened in Vegas. The Supreme Court has agreed now on Friday today to decide whether the Trump-era ban on bump stocks, the gun attachments that allow semi-automatic weapons to fire rapidly like machine guns, violates federal law. The justices will hear arguments early next year over a regulation to put into place by the Justice Department after a mass shooting in Las Vegas in 2017. Federal appeals courts have come to different decisions about whether the regulation defining bump stocks as a machine gun comports with federal law. The Supreme Court already is weighing a challenge to another federal law that seeks to keep guns away from people under domestic violence restraining orders, a case that stems from the landmark decision in 2022 in which six justice conservative majority expanded gun rights. Basically because that's these guys, the, the six conservative justices, they're all getting a paycheck. They have no, these people have no soul. I mean, I, can't, I cannot say this enough. They're all rooting for slaughters. And I understand the Supreme Court justices would say, how dare you or not? What are you doing then? It's already, hey, I am not a fan of Scalia, but Scalia was a constitutionalist and he didn't see any reason in the world to have assault weapons out on the streets. He was one of the the main people that was voting for gun restrictions under the argument that the constitution didn't guarantee the right to slaughter people in the streets. The gun and the bullet manufacturers want people dead, and they are more than happy to sacrifice you and your family for their profit margins. And they buy off all the politicians to basically thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, do nothing else. 
and they bought and I mean, imagine the Alito and Thomas vacations they've gotten because of this court case. Oh, I guarantee you they're going to be five-star hotel in it because the gun and bullet manufacturers are going to make, well, I mean, you know, places where you can't bring a gun into it because obviously we've got to keep them safe. But um, they're going to be basically bought and paid for. And there comes a point where you have to look at the six Supreme Court justices. You have to look at the Republican Party and any Democrat that's stupid enough to go along with this chaos in the streets and basically say that, 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 that you're all compromised. And even though you don't, you will insist till the day you die that you have nothing to do with this, that that's not what you want. The fact that you, you're not stopping it at all costs means you're enabling it at all costs. And that's just that. The new case is not about the Second Amendment right to bear, keep and bear arms, but rather whether the Trump administration followed federal law in changing the bump stock regulation. Of course, I mean, let's, let's call it. They're going to say, no, you can't stop this. <laughs> you can't. You got to stop this. Well, unless Congress writes the law. Well, Congress writes the law. Well, the Congress can't write the law because it violates the Second Amendment. I mean, we can already see where this is going. Why there is a difference between freaking Trump and Hillary Clinton. Dear God. It's going to take us 20 years to get over that stuff, man. It's going to take us 20 freaking years. The ban on bump stocks took effect in 2019, stemmed from the Las Vegas shooter in which the gunman, a 64-year-old retired postal service worker and high-stakes gambler, used assault-style rifles to fire more than 1,000 rounds in 11 minutes into a crowd of 22,000 music fans on the Vegas Strip. Federal appeals courts have often come to different decisions of whether the regulation defining a bump stock as a machine gun comports with federal law. Once again, this is just, this is about sanity. Well, oh, oh, you're, you're, you know, it's, you know, did you, you, were we supposed to stop this or we, we can't stop, this? you know, it, you got to allow the keep people to get slaughtered unless, uh, unless uh, you, you dot I's and cross T's. I mean, that's just the way it is. I have friends overseas who look at us and they tell us that you look like you're insane people. And I say, I have no doubt we do. When Klebold and Harris went into Columbine and slaughtered all those kids, you would have thought we would have done something. For God's sakes, Newtown. When Newtown, and I, I will still never forget waiting for the bus to come to drop off my kids from elementary school that day with this lump as heavy as an anchor on my heart, barely holding back tears when my kids got off the bus. And the response from the right, it was made up, false flag, false flag. Those are actors. My son, my son was at a 4th of July parade where a gunman opened fire in Chicago. They have no problem. The gun manufacturers and the bullet manufacturers have no problem sacrificing you and everyone you love for their profit margins. And Republicans and six Supreme Court justices have no problem sacrificing everyone, you and everyone you love, for their cause because it gets them money. Or in the case of Alito and Thomas, super freaking vacations. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Take a break. Come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. 
AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. I mean, this—that's what this is. This is a dream. This is a dream. Republicans, they—they, they, you know, it's funny when I remember when they overturned Roe v. Wade, and they're like, "Well, we didn't mean for that to happen." Of course, you meant for this to happen. This is exactly what you were trying to do, and you guys all cheered in glee and joy when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, because it allowed you to put on, you know, to stack the court to where rulings are. Now conservatives can't get their cases to the Supreme Court fast enough because they look at the Supreme Court and they say, and I mean, for God's sakes, Thomas and Alito are openly bribable. Thomas and Alito are openly bribable. And we don't even know about Gorsuch or Beer or, uh, you know, Amy, uh, you know, Ava, whatever. Uh, You don't even know about them. I mean, are they getting luxury vacations? Did they get, how how many houses did they get paid off? You know, you don't know this. And, 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 but this is the deal. And, and, and here we are. And now they're basically saying they want to create a world where basically that a psychopath who is been been arrested, but out on patrol, uh, a parole or uh, excuse me, out on, uh, on uh, uh, bail, out on bail. He's been arrested, but he's out on bail has access to a full arsenal of weapons with every attachment. You can turn them into the most lethal things that you've ever seen, and they should be able to kick open the door of any elementary school and walk up and down the halls unchecked because that's what the Founding Fathers wanted. The Founding Fathers did not want people shooting up elementary schools. The founding fathers did not want people shooting up the Las Vegas strip. And the fact is that when these things happen, we do nothing to stop them. Nothing tells you how much we have failed as a society, as supposedly a Christian society. We, for God's sakes, how many times has a house of worship been shot up? And all you so-called Christians say, well, that's the price of freedom. (laughs) You vote. Don't get me wrong. I think we are in these day and age, we can be upset about what's going on in the Middle East. And we can say, okay, I'm not on board with that. Or I am on board with that. I'm not like this. I don't like that. The whole goal right now is to convince you There is no difference between the psychopathic right and common sense. And if they can do that again, because that's what they did in 2016. Trust me, go back and listen to the shows. I have. I was like, why is he doing? This makes no sense. But people out there said there's no difference between the two of them. And look at the freaking mess we're in now. Damn right you need to get involved and get active and call everyone you know and say, do you know where to vote? Do you know what's up on your ballot? You need to know who these candidates are. You need to know what they want to do. Are they, I mean, if it's a school board, are they going to basically allow for bullying to happen of your child? If it's a city council, are they going to basically go on out there and try to write laws that that subject you know basically end up costing you tons of money because your your city is going to have to get to to hire lawyers to defend themselves in court because they're making just far right wing political objectives? And for God's sakes, you can't sit out any more freaking major elections at all. 
at all. Because the reality is we did that once in 2016 and it is going to take us 20 years to fix that. And I hope we do, but we gotta basically stay diligent and we have to vote. For God's sakes, please vote. Hour two up next. Hour number two of the show here on your Friday. Good to be with you, Matt and Patrick. And we do have some music coming up later on this hour. Guest free today, but hey, you know what? That's good. I sometimes I have to work. 952-9546. This is still the greatest job in the history of mankind. I still love love doing this. Uh, Patrick, uh, did you hear about uh, uh, apparently... uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, basically, uh, at, at a Beetlejuice thing, you heard about this, right? That uh, apparently it's, it's sexy time. <laughs> I did hear about this. Do we have an update? Do we have, by the way, do we have the official porn takeoff of this now? Cause you know how they do that. They'll have a, they'll now have like a, you know, they'll they, with movies and stuff like this, they'll do an immediate porn ripoff of said movie. There's gotta be a porn out there that's, you know. You know, we we you know, you know going go, going to the theater. You know, I you know, you know. Apparently, we have uh, aisle seats. I I don't know. What, I, I, yeah, I can't I can't think of you know the innuendo. But you know what I'm talking about. I mean, have, have we? Do we know if we have a porn version of Bobert at Beetlejuice yet? I would guarantee it's out there. Um, if you know where to look, feel well, and free I know, to have a look. I'll tell um, you what. I know exactly. Well, okay, we got to do this show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna look it up for you guys. But if you know where to look, I'm sure there's something out there. I'm sure there's some innuendo with the name Bobert. I, I'll figure that out a little bit later on. But apparently, uh, our uh, our our dear friend Lauren Bobert, uh, Hansy as we like to call her, is expect. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, God, it just it's the gift that keeps on giving. Is expected to face a strong challenge in the next year's election from Adam, Democrat Adam Frisch. Well, I mean, if, if she just takes him to the theater, well, never mind. Uh, basically, Frisch nearly beat her. Sorry. In 2022. But some Republicans in our district are hoping she doesn't even get that far. County commissioners, donors, and Colorado's last Republican governor have publicly supported Grand Junction attorney Jeff Hurd. In his GOP primary challenge against Boebert, reported by the Colorado Public Radio. Look at what happened in the last general election. The Republican voters, they decided they weren't going to vote for personalities, and the Democrats decided they were going to vote against personalities, said Delta County Commissioner Don Supers, or Supes. We think we've reached a point where we need a statesman to run for the seat, and we need somebody that's not going to have any external baggage. Well, I mean, at least you check for bags. I mean, it's, you know, you know could they be hiding them in the pants? I don't know. Republicans have grudgingly tolerated Bobert's antics and conducts, but many of them say the Beetlejuice incident was the, well, that's a, there's the name of the, the porn right there. The Beetlejuice incident uh, was the final straw for them. They've decided to back her Republican rival over the last two and a half years. I've done my best to defend the record of Congresswoman Bobert said Mesa County commissioner, Cody Davis haven't always been a fan of her style by any means. <laughs> She seems to work out the kinks, doesn't she? Uh, but, but what she did at Beetlejuice, it wasn't a simple mistake. No, it wasn't at all. I mean, there's a 
There is actual thought processes. I have a lot of supporters of Lauren reach out to me. Well, she made this mistake. Worship forgiveness, all of this. Well, forgiveness for Republicans, but <laughs> Republicans have no idea about forgiveness when it comes to anyone else. But to be honest, this wasn't just a simple mistake. This is a kind of violent departure from normal. Well, it was fairly violent. I mean, there was, you know, I mean, is he okay? There was nothing was removed, was it? You know, if you're doing a prostate check, I mean, I mean, you don't want to make sure. Yeah, never mind, never. Mind. Elaine Carmack, head of the primaries project for the nonpartisan Brookings Institute, said convicts are at risk in primaries when voters feel that they're out of touch with the district or they've uh, tainted by a scandal with voters. Don't forget. She's perfect. She's a perfect candidate to get challenged in a primary, Carmack said. The Republican establishment in Colorado, particularly the former governor, is saying to themselves, she's damaged goods. Well, you should see the other guy. Sorry. We'd better get a new candidate if we want to hold this seat. Speaking of holding it, never mind. <laughs> okay. I am going to read this next name in this story. This is not a made-up name. This is the actual name of the guy. But God, thank God it's the name in the story. Dick Wadhams. <laughs> you you well, can't make well, that it's, up. It's, it's, I mean, if I was to describe what she did, uh, you know, Wadhams. A Republican political consultant and former Colorado GOP chair said Republicans have been bothered by Boebert's behavior since she was first elected in 2020, but supported her last time and expects to be changed after she's caught on tape. Vaping. Well, vaping wasn't the bad part. Well, the vaping was the bad part. I mean, no one wants to breathe that crap. But uh, yeah, the uh, clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. I don't think they're going to be this time. I think they're, we're where the Beetlejuice incident really hurt her. Well, I think the other guy, Wad, Wadham said this. You should see what happened there. I think that tipped a lot of Republicans over in terms of voting for her, not only in a primary, but possible in a general election. Wadham says, more troubled by Bobert asking theater staff, do you know who I am, than the behavior that got kicked around in the first place. Really? Um. <laughs> uh, that, to me, I think sent a message to this figure. She's already been in Washington too long. When you start throwing that kind of phraseology around, it's arrogant. Thinking, Speaking of throwing things around, uh, never mind. You know, thanks, Dick Wadhams. Your insight is always great. We'll see you in Act 2. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's This is what happens. When you get these districts, which are basically a turnip with an R runs, could run in that and win, is that there is no, I mean, these people that are in them, I mean, look at Bachman. Bachman was going to lose her seat. She was so outrageous, so crazy that even in a heavily Republican district, they were going to go with the Democrat because she was too loonball crazy. But then she realized she was going to lose. So she, I'm going to retire a winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i remember the first show i ever did on this radio station do we still have the microphone between michelle bachman's ears activated let's go let's turn that sucker on here let's see if it's going yep still working that's a battery power right there energizer anyway that's a throwback 
No, this is what happens is they get to a point where they think that they're they're unstoppable. And then all of a sudden they realize, ah, I guess I shouldn't have played patty cake in the in the Beetlejuice. Yeah, I don't think you should have. 952-946-6205. Uh, two stories I want to get to before uh, the bottom of the hour here. First of all, I got to revisit this because this was something that broke during the show yesterday. Minnesota Court of Appeals on Thursday took action against a central Minnesota judge who barred at least six defendants from voting as part of their sentences, seemingly breaking with state law. Six? Wait a second. I thought it was just two. The court granted a writ of prohibition against Mille Lacs County District Judge Matthew Quinn two weeks after Quinn handed down sentences that contained an identical memo calling new voting laws unconstitutional. Wow, this guy's a jackass. Um, In the order... Chief Judge Susan Siegel wrote that Quinn had no authority to declare unconstitutional the law that allows people with felony convictions to vote after they complete their prison sentences. Segal said Quinn's actions were unauthorized by the law. Two of the individuals barred from voting as part of their sentences appealed the rulings and called out to the court of appeals to prevent Quinn from issuing similar sentences in the future. State public defender Bill Ward, Attorney General Keith Ellison, Secretary of State Steve Simon, and the American Civil Liberties Union of Minnesota signed on in support. The court's legal direction vacates the orders and blocks similar actions in the future. Basically, they told this guy, you can't do this again, which I guarantee he's going to try to do it again. Ellison uh, called the order great news for the state. Welcome to all who are planning to vote, the Post read in part. Um, Ward uh, said that he was encouraged by the court's decision and felt it would send a message to other judges that weighed in on law through sentencing is is inappropriate. The DFL legislature earlier this year passed a new voter restoration law after years of unsuccessful efforts to get the measure across the finish line. The law change in Minnesota is estimated to affect more than 55,000 people still serving some stage of sentence outside of jail or prison. Voting rights groups have spent months raising awareness about the policy and encouraging Minnesotans to register to vote once they become eligible. Quinn was first appointed to the 7th District uh, by then-Governor Dayton, a Democrat. He's elected to continue serving in 2018. His current term expires in 2025. The Minnesota Board of Judicial Standards in 2021 reprimanded Quinn over social media posts and appearance he made at a boat parade supporting then-President Trump. Then, not then-President, former President Donald Trump. So this is a guy that was appointed by Dayton. At some point, he became a Trumper. And he thinks he can basically write the law from the bench. And and can I just say, how, okay, I don't care if this guy's term ends in 2025. What's the process to remove a guy like this? There's got to be a process in place to remove a guy who is basically pulling it out of his caboose and writing laws. I mean, this is, in my mind, this is no different than the the that, that constitutional sheriff's clown car that came through that basically said, you're the county sheriff. You have authority over everything. Ha! <laughs> ha! When you say it, you say to yourself, how, how is anyone on board with this? This doesn't say. <laughs> uh, that beret makes you more manly. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll go with that. Because everyone knows berets mean manliness. <laughs> they, don't, they wanted the sheriffs to be almighty. Really? I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Anyway, 
that's all this guy is doing. Now, I had someone me- uh, message me from where this guy is up there serving and saying, the reality is the, the front page paper apparently seemed to publish this story under the argument of how dare the state basically stop our beloved judge from doing this sort of thing. At least that was the impression they got. I did not take a look at the article. I have to go take a look at it. But it is somewhat weird that, the, the, you know, he's pandering to a very specific crowd. And the reality is there's got to be some way to remove a guy like this from the bench. I can't, I mean, we we constantly hear of conservatives screaming about the term activist judges. And that that is, you know, and of course what they're doing is they're saying they love activist judges when it's guys like this who out of thin air, because once again, the, these guys, they weren't in front of this judge for anything to do with voting. They were there for other reasons, and he just on his own added, oh, you can't vote to their court case. Think about that. Think about the level of arrogance, the the level of entitlement, the level of, I don't care what the voters of the state say. I'm just going to make up laws, and I'm going to enforce them. This guy can't be... You can't let this guy stay in office. You can't. It, it, I, how many? Can we review his other cases? For God's sakes, what are those like? I mean, does this guy? He's one of those judges that when it's, it's when there's a black person in front of him, it's always I'm throwing the book at you to send a message. But when it's a white kid who's done the same exact crime, he's like, he's an innocent. We're going to put you on probation. We're not. We're not going to make you you suffer. I mean, I, I would like to know how this guy has ruled. I'm not saying that's how he has, but I'd like to find out because I've got some serious questions on this guy's competency rate. If he, if this is what he thinks his job is. And would anybody out there be surprised if all of a sudden he's you, you start reviewing his cases and you find other things that are wildly out of control, wildly inappropriate, wildly out of the range of his purview? I wouldn't be. I'm glad they've got some, you know, the court smacking back on this. And my gut feeling is this guy is not stupid enough. He maybe is. Maybe he is to appeal this. Maybe he is. He thinks he can go to the Minnesota Supreme Court and they that that he feels that they're going to rule in his favor. I, I don't know. I think he's probably smart enough to realize, okay, this is where this ends. I can't do this anymore. But my guess is going to be is guys like this, they're going to try to find new way, new verbiage, new way to do it because this it's all about them. I think there are some things that when you do them, you have sacrificed your ability to basically hold the seat that you did hold. And I mean, I, I mean, we, we, we talked about this earlier this week, the George Santos, I, I personally would have gotten rid of the guy. I voted to get rid of the guy if I had a vote in that, because you clearly have done some things that have, you know, violated the trust of the people that put you there. This is another great example. I mean, you, you've got to have some way to remove a judge like this from office because you can't just have guys like this writing laws other ways. And, and God, can you imagine what this judge would be like if someone did this in, in you know, changed the law against a conservative and some could be like, how dare you? I mean, God, I can just see it. 
this judge, Quinn, needs to go. He needs to go. And if there's some way to get him out of there, we, we need to kind of start putting that into motion because he clearly is compromised. He shouldn't be a judge. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Mad McNeil Show. Uh, David is in San Francisco, I do believe. Let's uh, bring David on in. Hey, David. Hey, thanks, Matt. Hey, uh, you know what I'd want to talk about is uh, the new Speaker of the House and whether or not he is smart enough to not crap his own bed. Um, I don't know if you've ever careful, heard, by the way, care, care, careful, David, where we were going with the language. All right. Just FYI. I wasn't right. expecting, I wasn't expecting well, that. He, yeah. He's, he's, uh, yeah, I try to be tactful and he's north of new Orleans is a thing called cancer alley. It's this run along the Mississippi river of chemical and oil refineries. And it runs for miles. Somebody actually told me it's 100 miles long. I, I thought it was only like 40 miles long, but it's this nasty run of chemicals that have been poisoning the Mississippi River for 100 years. And so the EPA, you know, has got some data on it. It's got years' worth of data on it. And uh, the people of Louisiana were able to start a lawsuit to be able to use that data prote- to protect themselves because they didn't call it Cancer Alley for nothing. You know, people down there have been catching cancer like crazy for years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the EPA, whether it works for us or whether it's used as, uh, you know, a method to keep people from ever knowing how dangerous things are. And there used to be EPA libraries. You could just walk in and read a report and figure it out yourself. But uh, George Bush closed those libraries and shredded books. So in a way, we got to start over. Biden has an opportunity to start over. And in the case of this new Speaker of the House, his district is, uh, uh, you know, in Louisiana, which uh, has very great access to Cancer Alley. Mm-hmm. His own constituents have probably been coming on, uh, coming down with cancer for years. Oh, I'm, and so I don't think I don't think. Not, oh, go ahead. Well, they had a lawsuit that was going recently, and it all of a sudden got turned off. That the federal EPA couldn't deliver this data to the people of Cancer Alley. This happened just a week or so ago. It's an Associated Press story about it. And uh, and the idea that this guy, is he dumb enough? And this is why I use that phrase, to poison his own bed sheets, let's say. Well, I mean, and, and David, thank you very much for bringing up this issue here. I mean, Speaker Beelzebub is, uh, he's a freaking hoot. And, um, I mean, it, it, it's clear, I mean... All right. There's a lot of things about this guy that don't make any damn sense. There's a lot of things about this guy that don't make any damn sense. I mean, the adopted kid, the the fact that he has no checking account or savings account or or anything like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that just don't make any sense whatsoever. The reality is he's still a Republican, which basically means this. He will sell out his own constituents for a buck in a heartbeat. And we've we've already seen that. I mean, you know, as much as a Christian he claims to be, he clearly doesn't 
obey any of the gospel of Matthew, which basically tells you that you have to take care of the sick. And, and you know, that means not making them intentionally sick. But, hey, that's business. That's what happens. We are living in a world where there is an insane amount of people who will knowingly hurt everyone else for as long as they make a buck, as long as they advance themselves, that they don't care. I mean, we talked about the, the Keith Ellison uh, lawsuit against the, the predatory lo- lenders. I mean, you know, the, the 400, 800% interest rates on these loans. I mean, that is just insanity to take advantage of people that are so desperate that, you know, in case, and, and the reality is money is, is, is the main factor here that they will sell out anything, anyone. They, they don't care if it's slow poison or guns. They don't care about anything. They, they basically, that it's about basically I am for sale. I would, I would basically, you know, welcome in fire and brimstone itself if someone paid me enough money for a re-election campaign. That's just who these people are. Uh, by the way, I got a, I got the heads up here from Patrick and Brett here before I got in the show about a story I want to mention here before I get into the bottom of the hour break. The Warwick, Minnesota girls hockey team has come forward with allegations against their coaches alleging mental abuse, neglect, and sexual harassment. In a letter to the school district, now this is this is interesting because this I, it's not clear whether the, I mean obviously this is you take these allegations very seriously, but we should note that we've we've talked about parents who don't feel as if their little Billy or Susie is getting the playing time that they deserve because they're only concerned about getting a scholarship for their kid, and so that they'll run off coaches and stuff like this. And I and I don't know what's going on here. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to you know error on the side of the people making the allegations. But, you know, if this, you know, if you're making these allegations, you know, th- this is pretty serious stuff that they're throwing out here. In a letter to the school district, a group of Warred go- girls, hockey players, parents, and community members say they have brought these concerns to the hockey coaches, high school administration, and members of the school board. The letter alleges that the sexual comments have been made to players, that a member of the coaching staff has been seen uh, going to the bathroom in front of the players. One allegation is that the members of the coaching staff got so drunk during an overnight trip to the state tournament that they passed out in a player's room in bed with members of the team. Another allegation is that the coaching staff has been ignored concussion protocols, uh, allowing players to play without being medically cleared to do so. Bullying and unfair advertising advantages have also been alleged. Unfair advertising advantages? <sighs> We are dissatisfied with the levels of any meaningful action and response to District 690 in the letter reads. The letter goes on to say, we have continued concerns over the seriousness of these alleged events, and we do not feel that the school administration and school board are taking adequate action in response to these allegations. Well, I mean, at this point, I mean, clearly what you're saying is you want everyone fired. I mean, because if this is what happened, there's no there's no way in the planet you can keep these coaches on board. I mean, it, it, it's it's, you know. It's hard to say this, but the concussion protocol violations are not the big problem here. I mean, that it's with their allegations of being drunk around high school players and passing out in in a bed with other members of the team. That's uh, that's not a good sign. 
On Monday, Valley News Live asked Superintendent Sean Yates about these allegations. In an email response, Yates responded with, the concerns raised have already been addressed, and while some individuals may not be satisfied or are looking backward at years past, the district is looking forward to having a great 23-24 school year. Okay. So what do you – I don't know what your take is there. It's either – are they saying they looked into them and they couldn't find anything that substantiated these claims? Or are they looking into this and they're basically trying to dismiss the claims? When asked when the district was first made aware of these allegations and how the concerns were addressed, Yates responded, the district investigated any and all concerns brought by acts accordingly. The recent allegations first came near the end of the girls' high school hockey season this past season, were duly investigated, and an appropriate action has been addressed. The letter states possible solutions to stop the allegations, which include creating an anti-bullying task force, retaining a mental health consultant, tracking reports of alleged harassment, and ultimately replacing the existing hockey girls' hockey coaches. Valley News Live then asked Yates if coaches at the center of the allegations are still coaching, which Yates has not responded to as of now. Um, they allege sexual comments have been made to players, completely out of line. Members of the coaching staff have been seen going to the bathroom in front of other players, completely out of line. Now, what's and, and I'm not up to date on the coaching staff of Warred Girls Hockey, but that even becomes even more disturbing if we're talking about a male coach going to the bathroom in front of female players. Um, I'm not saying it's pleasant any way around, but my goodness. One allegation is members of the coaching staff got so drunk during an overnight trip that the state tournament that they passed out in a player's room in a bed with members of the team. Another allegation, the coaching staff ignored concussion protocols, allowing players to play without being medically cleared. Also bullying. And once again, the someone needs to explain the unfair advertising advantages have been aligned. I'm going to guess is that there's a advertising at the Warred Arena that, you know, just for lack of a better way to say it, is there's a plumbing company that's, wants to get the, ad, the ads in there, but the coaching staff has a buddy who owns a different plumbing company and they get the ads in there. That would be the, what I'm guessing this is. Stuff like that does happen. If these allegations are legit, everyone in that school that's been involved in this needs to go. Absolutely. That's not a question. I mean, you can't have these coaches there. If the administration is keeping the coaches there because they're good coaches and they win, they go to the state tournament. Obviously, the implication there with the story. At the extent of all this, well, then that's a problem. I will also say it's it will be interesting to find out what is this one parent. Is this, you know, because I'm going to say this, I mean, I, 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 even, even if this was the greatest hockey coach in the history of mankind, this is, you know, a, a, a an Eichelak type of level of coach. Any of these allegations would have been gone. So I almost kind of wonder, were these, you know, as the school said, they were investigated and none of these, you know, are adding up. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I can't even with a incredibly favorable administration at Ward High School, if these allegations had any legitimate basis whatsoever, I got to imagine all the coaches are gone. So I, I, obviously this is a story that's going to get covered more because nothing in this state gets covered more 
than high school hockey, hockey in any capacity. And we are just beginning the season. So I guarantee you there's going to be a full investigation into all this and how this is going to go. And if there's any question on whether or not the administration of the school is covering up for bad behavior by the coaches, the whole thing is going to, we're going to find out about it. We'll have to see. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. The happiness of Minnesota. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. I don't spend that much time with the, the hockey scene here. Patrick, you do. You guys, you you work on the, you know, on the side hustle here. You guys do some covering of sports and hockey and stuff like this. What's your thought on this thing with Ward? Well, I think I would echo a lot of what you said was that not just if any of this is proven, but, you know, if beyond a reasonable doubt, like you have indisputable evidence that, pretty much any of these things took place that that a lot of people need to be let go from their jobs. But, you know, also kind of talk about some of the conversations that I've had kind of um, in that community, or not, I mean, in, in, in my broadcasting community that, you know, that you brought up last week when you talked about Orono and their head coach. Um, there is a lot of, of that, well, how much of it is dirty laundry being aired because we, you know, we're unhappy with our kids playing time or, or whatever. And how much of this is, is legitimate, you know, dead to rights. Like we, we know this is happening and we're just coming forward with it. And, you know, and I, and obviously war road is, is one of the most successful girls hockey programs in the state of Minnesota right now. So there is probably a lot of, 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 you know, you go back to Orono that, you know, like we don't care about winning. We just, you know, we're here for, for, for me. We had the uh, U.S. soccer, uh, Claudio Reina tried to, you know, basically destroy the, the coach because he wasn't playing Gino Reina, his, Gio Reina, his, his son, the way they wanted him to play him. I mean, this stuff happens. This is kind of one of those things where, it's 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 now permeated on all levels. Now, I will say this: Let's not. I mean, I mean, the they got drunk in a room and were in a bed with the other players. If they were drinking around the other players at all, they should be gone. So, I have a hard time imagining a school district would stick their neck this far out with these allegations because these allegations are. Frankly, they're incredibly disturbing, and if they're even slightly true, you've got a clean house there. So, but you know, the administration saying they looked into these allegations, and yeah, I don't know. Thank you, Patrick. You know this stuff better than I do. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. I got a. I had a, someone send me. You know, Matt, let's make the Republicans' minds explode. <laughs> Uh, with a, a new poll that shows healthiest states in the nation. Uh, Minnesota is number six in the nation. Uh, Hawaii, macadamia nuts and pineapple are awesome. Uh, that's number one. Massachusetts, two. Utah, three. Uh, four is Colorado. Five is Connecticut. Minnesota is six. Uh, Vermont or New Hampshire, then Vermont. 
Washington and Rhode Island are the healthiest states. What's amazing is when you look at this, um, you look at this map that it comes with here. It, it's the, of course the least healthiest states are all where you would expect them. Uh, just absolutely, it, you know, it's almost to a point. It's almost comical. It, it, you 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 couldn't you you couldn't make it more, you know, political. Forty is Georgia. Forty one Indiana. Forty two Ohio. Forty three is Tennessee. Forty four Oklahoma. Forty five Arkansas. Forty six Louisiana. Forty seven is Kentucky. Forty eight is Alabama, 49 is West Virginia, and 50 is Mississippi. You know, this is not like this is new. I mean, they've this has been something that we have seen repeatedly, that there are some states that, and sure, there are always a state or two that bucks the trend that in some of these polls that, you know, like Utah, Utah, I, I, by the way, after being out in Utah with the national parks, I can see why they, they are relatively healthy out there. There's got a lot of country for them to go explore. It's gorgeous. I don't, I don't, not surprised by that at all. And sometimes you'll see a, a state like, like New Mexico, uh, which is generally a, a pretty strong democratic state it, that shows up lower on these lists. I mean, it's never an absolute by the way, healthiest states, I will say, the surrounding states, uh, not as healthy as, uh, as uh, you know, you would imagine. Um, the best is North Dakota at 14. Um, Iowa is 20. Wisconsin's 21. South Dakota's 22. So, once again, we do well here. Here's what's interesting, and this is hubscore.com, and apparently they put out a whole bunch of polls. And if you, I scrolled down the page and I came across, you know, th- they have all these other polls that are out here that are, you know, about, you know, you know, you know, various different things. And all of them uh, have been released fairly recently, October 10th of this year. And once again, it is, it's, it's one of those things where it just is, it's kind of hard to comprehend how good things are in Minnesota. Happiest states. Hawaii is the happiest state. Utah is second. Minnesota is third. There you go. You know, and once again, this one's a little bit, it's not as defined with those states, but in, in the South, in the South, <laughs> but, you know, you'd not be surprised. You know, 40 is Tennessee. 44 is Kentucky. 50 is West Virginia. Least happiest state. 45 is Miss Alabama. 43 is Mississippi. 48, Louisiana. 49 is Arkansas. You know, it's 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 once again another case where here is another one of these polls where, you know, it's it, it points to the fact that the Republicans have failed their citizens. Most and least educated states. Once again, these are all done here on like the 10th. Uh, Minnesota number nine in this one. Um, the number one state is Massachusetts. Uh, all those all those universities. Maryland two, Connecticut three, Vermont four, Colorado five. We come in at number nine. Once again, 50 West Virginia, 44 Kentucky, 40 Tennessee. 46 Alabama, 49 Mississippi, 48 Louisiana, 47 Arkansas. 
it 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 gets to a point where it is it is relatively comical the the where 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 you know the the complete and total failure of the conservatives now here's here's one that's a little bit harder this it, it kind of is a mix mash but Minnesota's number one in this one friendly estates I know a lot of people that would just not agree with that but Minnesota number one friendly estate in the nation you know I, 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 I kind of sometimes am stunned the amount of people that continue to vote Republican. Because, like I said, none of this is new. None of this is new. This has all been well-documented for years that Republicans just don't care. You know, there used to be a time. There used to be a time when politics was working with the other side of the aisle. I mean, it's it's interesting. I this I saw this because right now there is this this war going on within the Republican Party, and right now the most the most delineated line is the Senate Republicans versus the House Republicans, because the Senate Republicans, even the most far-right guy in the 80s and 90s, a guy like Strom Thurmond, understood you had to work with compromise. You couldn't just force your will on the other side, that that's just not a way you can do things. And that if they, the other side doesn't do what you want, that you'll basically poison the water hole and kill everybody and act like you've done something virtuous. They understood you worked with the other side. Michael Broadcorp and I are, you know, he he's more of a conservative. I'm more of a Democrat. That's for sure. But I have sat down and talked with this guy about issues, and I honestly will say I, there are plenty of times I have said to myself I could work with Michael Broadcorp, and he and I probably could, together could hammer out solutions to a lot of the problems. You know, that, that you know, it's, both of us would be happy about some things. Both of us would be unhappy about some things because that's the way we used to do things. The modern Republican is the absolute antithesis of that. It is the absolute opposite the modern Republican is, I'm going to force you to do this. I mean, you can look at the Republicans in the House already know that their funding bill for Israel is dead in the water. The House Republicans refuse to go along with it because the, the General Accounting Office came on out and basically said, well, and, and if you don't understand the bill, it was what, $14 billion for, for Israel. And the money came from basically repealing the hiring of IRS tax agents that Joe Biden did uh, in the, I believe it was in the, it was in the infrastructure bill. I mean, it was one of the bills. He basically hired a bunch of extra IRS tax agents. And so they're basically saying, we're not going to, we don't, we, we're going to not hire them. And because of that, we will probably not collect. I mean, it's going to, this bill is going to end up costing us a heck of a lot more because people are going to cheat their system and not pay their taxes. And frankly, as a guy who pays my taxes, I want people to pay their taxes. I don't, I'm not very comfortable with watching other people not pay their taxes. So the Republicans knew that that even the Senate Republicans were, A, we don't want to get rid of the funding for the IRS, 
and B, you have to put Ukraine in there. But these Republicans in the House feel as if that's it, that that they have done their part. There's, there's no point. Well, they're not even going to bring up that bill in the Senate. And even if they did, and even if it got passed, which it wouldn't, Joe Biden would veto it and it wouldn't even get passed out. And so there is this whole dog and pony show about, you know, this whole kind of concept of we're draining the swamp. Uh, by the way, funny story. Most of the Republicans are the swampiest people you've ever freaking seen. The reality is, is that it's stubbornness. Stubbornness is what they're, 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 they look as virtue, like that I'm going to stick my heels in the ground and I'm not going to compromise. And they're going to hurt a lot of their own citizens. Going back to these maps, that's the point. Republicans for decades have been hurting their own citizens weakening the quality of education within their state, weakening the, weakening the quality of health care in the state, you know, making, making things less environmentally friendly. Across the board, they have made things far, far worse for their own constituents. They don't care. A Republican does not care about their constituents. They long stopped caring about the Democrats in their district. They long ago stopped that. They, 15 years ago, stopped caring about most of the Republicans in the district. The only ones they care about are the ones who write them a check. And frankly, a lot of those checks don't even come from their district. They are there only to basically push a very specific agenda. And here they are. I guarantee you the people behind where the House bill came from basically just don't want their to have to pay their taxes. And so they're feeling like, well, maybe we can kill off the, the new IRS hires and then I can I don't have to worry about getting caught for not paying my taxes. And so then they, they wrap it in this this crap sandwich that they have in the Senate and, or in the House, rather, and that's what, what comes out. I cannot help Republicans. I can't. I can't help you, Republican voters. Because even in the state of Minnesota, where Republican counties are, quality of life there is far worse than it is in Minneapolis-St. Paul or the Democratic districts. It's far worse. You guys, and you guys know this because you keep saying to us, you, 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 know, you, you, you keep saying to us, why aren't you helping us more? You know, well, no, you, you guys have Republican representatives. You guys... They're the ones that basically are, they don't care about you. They don't care about their district. They only care about themselves. And we have mountains of evidence of this at this point. Decades of maps that show conservative areas struggling to, to basically meet the bare needs of the, of the citizens of their district, while consistently Democratic areas, Democratic states have, are on the top of these lists. And we've called, I've called you guys out. I've said, you guys don't want to be here. You can leave at any point. You, there's nothing stopping you from abandoning Minnesota and heading to Florida. But yet you guys don't. Why? Because you know what a cesspool some of these other states are. Sure, you're going to get back 50 extra bucks in tax dollars, but you're going to lose $40,000 worth of government services that are available to you. 
And it doesn't take a real genius to figure out, well, that's a lot less. Yes, it is, isn't it? You really can't help people who are who who themselves can't see the damage, who exactly is doing the damage to them. You can't help people like that. That's unfortunate, but it's a reality and it's a sad reality. You can't help these people unless they're willing to help themselves. And it shouldn't have to take your congressperson basically getting into an obscene sex act in a musical for you to realize, well, that person's not on our side. Well, they weren't on your side before they decided to go box the clown over at Beetlejuice. They've not been on your side for years. And I can show you map after map, number after number. And you sit there in your conservative states with Republicans representing you for 40 freaking years, 50 years in some cases. And you kind of keep wondering, when are things going to get better? They're not because you're stupid enough to keep voting for Republicans. You'd think you'd wise up by now. But I can't help you if you can see the guy who is punching you in the face and you say, I like the cut of this guy's jib. I'm going to vote for him again. That's on you. That's on you. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Ooh, I got a good Friday song for you. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Oh, I, uh, it, it, of course, Native Roots Radio should mention them. Native Roots Radio is coming in here in just a little bit, and they'll be in with you for the five o'clock hour. So make sure you stick around with them. Uh, a fantastic, a fantastic radio show here that I'm an absolute privilege to be the lead in for. Uh, I got a butte for a Billy Joel. Why not? Uh, this is going to take us out today. Have a fantastic weekend. We will be back here on a Monday. Till then, see ya. I can know